0: Our reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed, bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: As we come to the message of God, will you pray with me? Father God, be present with us and surround us with the knowledge of your love. Jesus Christ, word of God, speak your truth through me so that my words might be not mine but yours. Spirit of God, move our hearts to accept your teaching and be changed, moulded into your new creation. Amen. Here's something you may not know about me. I know a little bit of Italian. A little bit. My first primary school, actually, that I went to from reception till year three, you know how pretty much every school you learn a different language. For that school, it was Italian. Now, I don't remember too much. I remember how to count to ten. I remember a word here or there. And I sort of half remember a couple of little kids' songs in Italian that we were taught to help us remember a few words. Now, I'm not going to try and sing them. You should be very grateful for that. (laughs) But one thing that stayed with me ever since I learned about it back then is an odd little Christmas tradition that the Italians have that's similar in some ways to ours, but also quite different. You see, in Italy, they don't have Santa Claus. You don't see kids go to bed on Christmas Eve and knowing an old man in a red coat is going to come down the chimney and leave Christmas presents in their stockings that they'll wake up to on Christmas morning. Instead, the night that Italian children look forward to is the night of January the 5th. Not Christmas Eve, but Epiphany Eve. Epiphany on January 6th, 12 days after Christmas, is celebrated as the day the the Magi or the Wise Men came to see the baby Jesus and present their gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. The Italian tradition is that while the Magi were searching for Jesus, they came across a witch. And when I say a witch, I mean all the cliches involved with that. You know, an old hag in a black shawl, riding a broomstick. Her name was La Bufana. But this witch, La is kind to the Magi and lets them stay at her house for the night out of the goodness of her heart. They tell her where they're going. They want to find a child-born king of the Jews and they encourage her to join them. But La says no, she's not interested. The next day, though, after the Magi leave, she has a change of heart. She decides she wants to see Jesus after all. So she sets out on a boomstick and goes looking. But she doesn't know where Jesus is. She doesn't know where the Magi went. The story goes that even to this day, Labifana is still somewhere out there, flying around on her broomstick looking for Jesus. But once every year on January the 5th, during the night, she visits every home where there's a child and leaves gifts for them out of the belief that the Christ child lives in all children. Now, it's just a story, obviously. But it's interesting, isn't it? In Italy, which we must remember was the centre of Christianity for centuries, their main Christmas tradition for kids revolves around a witch. And usually, in kids' stories, the ugly, cackling witch is the villain, right? the bad guy to the kids who somehow have to outwit this witch otherwise she'll eat them for supper. And that's not even getting to the fact that witchcraft is expressly forbidden in the Bible and has always been against the teachings of the church. So why is this witch celebrated? And while we're thinking about that, we could ask the same question about the Magi too. It's not quite as obvious, especially given the word in the Bible is often just translated as wise men or even kings, but these were not people who you would expect to come and worship Jesus or even show the slightest amount of interest in him. The Greek word, the singular is magus, actually typically refers to people who practice other religions, such as Zoroastrianism, the ancient religion of the Persians which relied a lot on reading the stars, like horoscopes today. Or in the Book of Acts, the same word is translated as magician or sorcerer and used to describe a couple of pretty no-good characters there. So it isn't really a positive thing that these are called magi. And a very obvious thing we can see is that these Magi, they weren't Jews. They'd come from lands in the east, a different country. They didn't even know Jewish teachings or scriptures. They had to ask where the child was supposed to be, whereas any devout Jew who knew the prophecies would have been able to tell them that the Christ would be born in Bethlehem. So it's the same question, isn't it, as we had with Labifana. Why would these people who seem so unlike what we would expect as a worshiper of Jesus, why do we celebrate them? And the answer is staring us in the faith isn't it? It's because despite all appearances, they were faithful. They followed the star, they sought out Jesus, they worshipped him. Labafana, the witch, according to the legend, she looked for Jesus too. She never found him, but she still looks sincerely and never gives up. It's this seeking of Jesus, that's what changes everything. It's the difference between the faithful and the unfaithful, the believer and the sceptic. Are you seeking him? We live in a society today, 2,000 years on from then, in a land far off where Jesus was born, which makes it both easier and harder to seek him. Easier because we have the Bible, we have the Church, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the knowledge of what God has already done for us and for all the world through Jesus Christ. But on the other hand, we have the obvious physical problem that we can't just go out and find Jesus ourselves. We're in a different place and time. We can't go and walk somewhere the way that the Magi did. And we're also just so far removed from there and then. We've got busy lives, we've got lots of distractions and in our society today there's little or no value placed on faith. So I think we can learn a lot from this story of the Magi of what it means to seek Jesus despite whatever obstacles or struggles we might come across. I'm going to draw out three particular elements of the story that were absolutely necessary for the Magi and for us to seek him out. They are the revelation, the reason and the response. Three R's there, so hopefully it's easy to remember. Revelation, reason, response. Firstly, the Magi absolutely 100% needed a revelation from God. And that had to be the first thing, the first step, otherwise their journey never would have started. They didn't just pack up and head out of their land to some foreign land in the West on a whim, did they? No, they came because it had been revealed to them that something special was happening. Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews, they asked. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Revelations from God, they can happen in a lot of ways, instant or gradual, natural or miraculous. For me, the reality of Jesus became clear only over time through the actions of my parents, my church, Christians around me, nature in general and God's work in me. It just became clear to me that God was not only real but living and acting in the world through Jesus Christ. If you're here and you're a believer then you have your own story of God's revelation to you. Sometimes it is more dramatic, more supernatural, We don't tend to expect it in our materialistic Western society but it does happen. There is an extraordinary number of converts from the Muslim faith to Christianity who say that the way they met Jesus was in a dream and it changed their life. And of course we have the Magi who, like I said earlier, they followed the stars and so God sent them a sign that was in their language. They could understand it a special star that signalled and located Jesus' birth. So God reveals Jesus in different ways to different people but he is always the one doing the revealing and that revelation always comes first before we have done anything. In order for us to seek him, he first must seek us. He seeks us. That's revelation. Now, the second point, the reason. It is possible to look for Jesus for all the wrong reasons. We see that in this passage, don't we? The Magi were not the only people trying to find Jesus. Herod was too. And on the surface, he seemed just as earnest and committed as the Magi were. He took their word seriously He dug up the prophecies and found out where the Christ would be born. He did his best to locate the exact time and place and said that he too wanted to worship the child. But obviously he wasn't honest about it, was he? His actual motivation rather than love and devotion was fear and selfishness. He saw this newborn king as a threat to his own power and wanted him gone. as we see later on in Matthew chapter 2, and I'm sure we all know the story, he uses the time the Magi told him to figure out how old the boy must be and then he orders all the boys in Bethlehem up to that age to be killed. Now, obviously, not too many people these days look for Jesus with that kind of intention. But it still is important to seek him with a heart to find him and worship him as the major idea, And that's not to say God can't use people who started with the worst of intentions. He can. The story of Paul in the book of Acts is a great example of that. But there are many examples of people, perhaps in some cases people we know, who have approached Christianity or even seemed for a while to have a faith, but the foundation was all wrong and they fall away. Like people who become a Christian because it's what their friends are doing or because it's the cool thing to do or because they want God to do something for them like give them lots of money and a good life. It doesn't exactly work that way, right? (laughs) And there are times in the Bible where coming to God on false pretenses can have some pretty terrible consequences. If you want to do some extra Bible reading, you might look at the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. No matter what it specifically looks like, the reality is if we have selfish motives for seeking Jesus, then that sets us up for a fall. As in Jesus' story about the wise and foolish builders, if the foundation isn't on the rock, a storm's going to destroy everything. But if we seek Jesus with a genuine heart, if we want to know Him and worship Him for His own sake, that's when we have a foundation that won't fail us. And it then comes out through our actions. Which leads into the third, the third R. There's a revelation, the reason, but there also has to be a response. The Magi did not simply find Jesus, satisfy their curiosity and walk away. They were overjoyed and they worshipped him. Again, bear in mind that these were probably adherents of a different religion. Non-Jews who didn't know the Jewish law didn't understand what this baby king was going to do. They certainly didn't know he would die for their sins. But they knew that he was God and worthy of worship and that this was a good thing, something to get excited about. And they offered gifts too of gold, incense and myrrh and we could go into the symbolism of those three things but that's a whole other sermon in itself. But the point was they made material sacrifices. They gave of themselves. They didn't have to but they chose to, to offer what they had for his glory. And notice verse 12 too, that having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Why did God warn them? We could easily just say, oh, that makes sense. God did that to protect Jesus, Joseph and Mary, but it didn't actually end up helping much. Herod just had all the Bethlehemite boys killed and the family had to flee to Egypt to escape. No, this, what this was, is it it was actually a test for the Magi. Herod had told them to report back to him, God was saying something different, so who were they going to trust? Who were they going to obey? The Jewish king, who they'd gone to in the first place for advice on finding Jesus? Or would they do what God was telling them? And as we see, they obeyed God. They avoided Herod and went back home a different way. So joy, worship, personal sacrifices, obedience. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Quite a lot to cram into just a few sentences. The major, I had to have the revelation from God and the right reason to seek Jesus. Without those, nothing would have happened. But they had both of those things and the result was this very visible response. The response on its own doesn't do anything. You can do a lot of good things and yet have your heart be far away from God. But when we have had that revelation from God and are seeking Jesus with our whole hearts and we find him, well it's only right that we should be filled with wonder and awe, isn't it? It's only right that we should worship and give all glory and honour to him. That's the right response to Jesus. So the Magi got a revelation from God. They set out to find the King of the Jews with the right reason to worship him. And when they found him, they responded with love and obedience Now do you notice what did not happen in that passage? The Magi didn't convert to Judaism and start going to synagogue. They didn't stay in Judea and become disciples of Jesus once he grew up. They didn't even change their religion or repent of their sin or at least there isn't any indication they did. In other words, they didn't do any of the right things that we would expect to see of people who are becoming a Christian. Nothing except worship Jesus and bring gifts to him. I wonder if that shouldn't challenge us a bit when it comes to our perception both of ourselves and of others, those who already believe and those who we hope to see come to faith. Now, don't mistake me. Addressing sin and repentance is hugely important. It's vital. It's a required step if anyone wants to move past the stage of just liking Jesus to fully giving over our lives to him. But in the end, no one can ever be argued or shamed into worshipping Jesus. It has to be the revelation of God. It has to be the reason for seeking. It has to be a response. But as challenging as that might be, it's also incredibly good news. What it means is that God doesn't turn people away for their mess, their sins, and tell them to clean up their house first before they can approach Him. He wants people, he wants you and me to give him our hearts first. Come as you are, that's how I want you. The rest will be sorted out later. We remember and honour the Magi because they did this. They sought Jesus humbly and worshipped him. Even now, here and across the world, wise men and women are still seeking him. Are you seeking him? Has God revealed Jesus to you? How do you think he might do that? What's your reason for seeking him? Why are you here today or listening today? If you're not seeking, why not?
0: And if you have
1: found Jesus, what's your response? How is he changing your life? As we remember the Magi persistently searching for the Christ and rejoicing over him, My prayer is that our own hearts and minds will be as wise as theirs so that we too may seek and worship the living Christ all our days. Amen.